Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Paul said in a paraphrased version in Romans chapter 7, Hey, there are things that I know I should do, and I'm just not doing them. And there are things I know I should stop, and I just keep doing it. Why is this happening? It's because of one of the enemies we begin to discuss on Sunday, Mr. Flesh. It's time to go after class. Well, hello again, friends. Have you met Mr. Flesh already this week? If you were there on Sunday for the lesson or if you've already listened to it, you've had a few days maybe to expose Mr. Flesh. He likes to come out. He likes to try to destroy. And uh, we discussed Mr. Flesh and a couple other enemies on Sunday, and I hope that that was a help to you. And my goal, and I wanted to end that way, and I don't know that I specifically said it until my prayer. And there's a few other things that I wanted to emphasize that I didn't, and that's why we have this little segment called After Class that we're doing during this series, where I'm doubling down on some of the subjects we talked about because I believe they are so important for your life, for my life. We've got to be reminded of this. And in these first few weeks... As I have repeated over and over again, we are cultivating the ground of our heart. I wrote about this in this last week's newsletter, which I encourage you to get. Go to bradmcclure.org. Go sign up for the newsletter. It's free. It's fun for me. Um, but I talked about a verse in Hosea where he mentions plowing up the fallowed ground. I put I spelled it wrong. I put followed ground in one spot. I noticed that after I sent the, the newsletter, but that's fine. But the followed ground, the hard ground of your heart, so that God could pour out his mercy and his righteousness. And it was a it's a great verse. But that kind of reminds me of where we are in this study so far. We're dealing with important subjects, but difficult. I appreciate when one of the one one guy that's in the class raised his hand, and I was kind of trying to speed through the material. I was getting behind because I, I just I was loving the teaching, and they were listening so well. I was loving the subject. I mean, and trying to deal with some of this. And he raised his hand. He says, "Why can't we just extend the series? Why can't we uh, just make this part of the next series?" He said, "This is what I need right now in my life." That was a huge compliment to. What God is doing in our class. Some others were, were, were saying some good things about the class. And it's not, it's not me, the teacher. It's the material. I think we, when we see what the God's word says, and all of a sudden a light bulb goes off and it's like, yeah, I am sometimes struggling in this Christian life. And this is why it's not an excuse. Like Paul said, we're going to get to it here. We might as well start there. Paul's, Paul said in Romans 7, which I didn't spend as much time on as I had planned, but in that one part, he said in verse 20, Now, if I do that which that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. He said, there's things that I don't want to do, but I keep doing them, and I realize it's, it's sin. Now, he's not excusing his behavior. He's explaining it. He said, I got this flesh in me. That I called last on the on the podcast or I'm not on the podcast. I call it in class. You could have heard it on the podcast. The internal traitor. And and the flesh is trying to fight with every bit of that it can against the spirit. 
I didn't go there because it was at the end of class, but in Galatians chapter 5, it says, it tells us to walk in the Spirit. We'll get into that later on in this study. Not today, but in this series. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill what my flesh wants. He says, for the flesh lusteth, that's an old English word for the word warreth. He says, for the flesh wars against the Spirit. And they are contrary one to another. They are dead opposites. There's constantly a war. Now, the good news is the flesh is no match for your spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's the great news. The flesh can, can in and of itself, never beat the spirit. The bad news is the spirit, God, will not make you a robot. So if you choose to feed your flesh, as Galatians 6 says, he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But if you choose to sow to the Spirit and yield to the Spirit, then you'll reap, it says, life everlasting. Now, it's not talking about salvation. He's saying you're going to see victory. And that's where I'm, just so you know, and this is where this series is going, I'm already not on my notes. This is just, I'm thinking through these verses as we're talking. It's such a rich truth that we need. And so I didn't get to it. I'm going to skip some of Romans 7 and get to the end because Paul said at the end of this, he says, oh, he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this, the body of this death? I'm so tired of this battle. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The answer to his question was, it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ that frees me from this battle. You say, well, yeah, well, he, he freed me from hell. Correct. But he's also freed you from the power of sin. Sin is no longer your master. We just got to stop feeding our flesh. Sin's defeated. Jesus Christ is victorious. The song we sing, Victory in Jesus, is not just about heaven and hell. It's about today. I have victory today if I claim it in Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to come back to some things I have in my notes because I'm already like fast forwarding ahead. But I want to say this. I didn't really get into, because it is our entire series, but I didn't really get into how do we see victory over the flesh. I've talked about it in every lesson. But when we were talking about the enemies, I discussed, and let me just, I've got, if you could see my desk right now, I have papers everywhere. But when I was discussing the enemies, I talked about how the enemy of, of Satan, how do we defeat Satan? And I said, at the beginning of our class, I said, we defeat him by, Jesus overcame him by the word of God. I couldn't think of this verse, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. I still, I just lost it again. It's like I have a mental block right there. But, but it's the verse in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus says, we don't live by bread alone, by, but by every word of God. We live by the word of God. It's our spiritual nutrients. But then I said that the second way to victory is, as James said, he says, we got to resist the devil and he will flee from you, not in our own strength. We don't resist the devil in our own name because he's not scared to death at all at Brad McClure. I resist him in the name of Jesus Christ. And then... When we talked about the world, and I got pretty, that's where I got bogged down for a while talking about the world, and and I and I I felt it was led of the spirit. I don't, I, I'm glad we did, but I kind of quickly went over how do we overcome this enemy, and 
the two ways I have written down in the notes is number one, we've got to separate from the world. We've we've got to separate from the world. For Second Corinthians six says, "Come out from among them, be separate," saith the Lord. We've got to separate ourselves from wickedness and from evil. Don't even let it be a part of you. You got to look away. You got to you got to stay away. Don't click. Don't get on there. Don't. You just have to separate yourself. But then Romans twelve two tells us to be to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How do I? How am I transformed? And don't just conform or mold to the world like everybody else is. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It starts in the mind. If you lose your mind, you're going to lose your actions. You're going to become like the world. So how do I renew my mind? Well, it's the same thing we talk about all the time. Your mind is renewed by what you allow in it. So what are you allowing in your mind that's influencing you? And are you spending time in God's word, meditating on the word of God, journaling your thoughts, allowing the word of God to penetrate your heart? But then what about this flesh? Now, I don't want to get too much into it because we're going to talk about it more once we get to later on in this series. But I do think this is a good spot to kind of give a couple things. Before I get there, though, our flesh, a couple things we need to remember. Our flesh is constantly at war with God. I mentioned that earlier. For the flesh lusteth or warth against the spirit. He will not submit. And and I said this one statement in class. I said, if you don't sense the war, you're like, you know what? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what Paul's talking about. I don't, I don't I don't struggle with the flesh at all. Here's why. One of two reasons. Either you are drifting with the flesh's current. And so you're not feeling the strength of the flesh because it's just carrying you along until it destroys your life. You're basically what I'm saying in a longer, nice way is you're walking in the flesh. And there's no opposition to you going ahead and walking in your flesh. And you ought to be feeling some conviction. But the second option may be this. The flesh is very crafty and it, it can deceive you by its silence, only to one day strike when you're not ready for it. And we have to be careful of that. And Paul knew that. That's why Paul said, Wherefore, let him that standeth take heed, lest he fall. Be careful. Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant. Jesus said, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. For So the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And there's this phrase, there's... A statement I wanted to get to last week before I kind of end this on how do we overcome. But I was thinking through this. Satan has, with this internal enemy of the flesh, Satan has a base of operation within you to attack. And his ultimate goal, he cannot take your soul. If you are saved, you cannot lose your salvation. No matter what anybody says, you cannot lose your salvation. The Bible's clear on that. So now Satan's goal is to break your fellowship with God. Because if he breaks your fellowship with God, you're not going to see answered prayer. You're not going to have any power for service. You're not going to even have the joy of your salvation. So no one around you is going to be influenced for Jesus Christ. So he wants to break that fellowship. And in, in doing that, he wants to render you useless in your service for God. That's his goal. That's the, that's the ultimate goal of Satan, this world, the flesh, as it 
indwells you, that's what he wants to do. He wants to break fellowship and render you useless for God. So, how do we overcome this flesh? We already have, or Jesus already has, is better to be said. And some truths that we have to keep in mind come from Romans chapter 6. We were in Romans chapter 7 this week, but Romans chapter 6 is what we need to remember. And, and it's a basic outline that about everybody uses in this text. We have to know some things, we have to reckon some things, and we have to yield our bodies, Okay. So we need to know our position in Jesus Christ. What do I mean when I say our position? I mean that we are now a child of God. We are no longer a lost soul. We are a child of God. It says in Romans 6, verses 6 through 9, he says this. He says, knowing this, there's our word know. He said, know this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. Hey, you got to know that. You're not the servant to sin anymore. So I'm going to try to remember to say this at the end of this podcast. Because I want you to identify when your flesh is attacking you this week. And I want you to say, say it out loud. I don't care. Unless you're at work and it's really weird. But say, hey, this flesh, you're no longer my master. Say it. When your flesh is tempting you, when you're getting mad at your spouse be really weird, but maybe do this. Say, stop and say, flesh, you're no longer my master. I don't have to be angry about this. But here's what's going to happen. Don't get sidetracked, Brad. Here I go. You're going to sit there and say, well, I'm justified in getting mad. And now you're choosing the flesh instead of claiming what you know. You get that? That's why the flesh is so tricky. Because we think we're justified. Hey, my husband did wrong, so I'm right. And he, if, I, if, I, if I don't react mad, he'll never get the point. So I've got to be mad. Okay, you just chose your flesh. You just chose your flesh. And whatever consequences come, you made that choice. But I'm right. No, 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 no. Sin's no longer your master. Jesus is. What does he want you to do? Boy, I could, I could just stay there for a little while because we've got to know that we're no longer a servant of sin. sin. He said in verse 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. And you say, well, I'm not dead. You're dead in your position. When Jesus died, you died spiritually. When he rose again, you rose again victorious. So he died and rose again victorious over sin and death. And when you placed your faith in him, you died and rose again victorious over sin and death. He says, now we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. You got to know, first of all, your position in Christ. You can look at your flesh, you can call it out and say, you're no longer my master, Jesus is. But that's knowing. The next word we see in our text is reckon. You got to reckon yourselves dead to sin. I'm going to explain it. But listen to verse 11. He says, "Likewise, reckon." So he just talked about knowing, but he says, "Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin." Well, what's the difference? You just said know it. That's a mental thing. You got to know it in your head. If it's, everything starts with the mind. You got to know it. But then he says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what does reckon mean? See, it's one thing to know something that you're dead to sin, but it's another thing to actually apply the truth. They tell me, if I remember right, I'm not, I don't have this in front of me, but if I remember right, 
that reckon is, a, is like a banking term, which is great because I now work at a bank. But just get the idea that if you had a million dollars in your bank account, you know, first word, word, no, you know you have a million dollars in your bank account. So you're a position, you're a millionaire, and you, you know that. But you, if you never pull that money out, you never reckon that money, pull that money out, it's doing you no good. You're and you're, and you're living on the streets underneath an overpass. That money did you no good. You knew that truth, but you never reckoned it. That's the the in the illustration I gave a minute ago. That's the wife that's mad at her husband, and she knows the truth that that's the flesh, and she can call it out right now. But she chooses not to reckon, to accept, to apply the truth that she knows in her head. You got to make the decision. You got to say no, or you got to say yes. He says no, reckon. And then we have to just yield to the Holy Spirit. Verse 13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves unto God. And those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God, you have to yield. He says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. You have to yield to the Holy Spirit and do what's right. But I don't feel like it does. Doesn't matter that's your flesh. You got to do what's right. And when you obey and do what's right, now you feel like doing it. Now you the feelings come later. Now you've claimed your position. Now you've seen victory. Now we can sing victory in Jesus and mean it because it's not just victory one day when I die. It's victory today. You don't have to live defeated. All right. Come to the end, so here's what I want to say. We've, how do we take this and make it real? We've got to apply these no reckon and yield principles. So this week, try to, maybe, I, I still think you should grab a journal. I just think journaling is so important. But start to write down or at least talk through in your mind or maybe with your spouse, flesh moments. There's my flesh. So you know it. Call it out. Then reckon, make the decision. What what am I supposed to do in this situation? And then you got to yield and trust God to take you through that difficulty. But you got to obey. You got to know it. You got to reckon it, and you got to obey. Call it out this week. Let's not let the flesh. Let's not let Satan. Let's not let the world overcome us and sap the joy out of this journey of faith. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and claim the position we have in him, and see victory. Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast. Next week, we are going to get into another difficult, cultivating type of message, I believe. But eventually, we're going to get to where we're saying, hey, the fallowed ground is ready, and now we want to see the fruit of the Spirit blossom. I'm loving this series. Thank you for the kind feedback. Let's continue to allow God to work in our hearts so that we can move beyond Sunday and Monday through Saturday, live out our faith. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for sticking around and thank you for just being a part of this podcast and listening. I hope that that was a help to you. I was pretty animated here in my office. Both my dogs stayed asleep though, but I was pretty animated because um, I just, I just, I don't know what it is. I've said it multiple times, but this, these truths 
I think once they click, once the light bulb goes off, it, it's so helpful. And even for me going through it again, it's helping me. So I hope it's helping you. If it is, would you hit the subscribe button, whatever you're listening to? Would you maybe leave a quick review, whether you write it out or whether you just hit the stars? Either one of them helps. And uh, that would be a huge help to the podcast. And then also, if you would, uh, go sign up for the newsletter. Had a few others sign up. We're glad for that. We're on our trek to the first 100 people. We're trying to get there. Maybe I should make a prize. Like If we get to 100, we get these Pulp to Pew t-shirts or something. Or something like that. I don't know. But uh, let's. I, I thank you for all your help with the podcast. And um, I'm, I'm just excited to still be doing it. Almost three years. In January, it'll be three years. And we're still just talking about the Word of God. So have a great week. I'm going to leave it there. Can't wait till Sunday as we start talking about selfishness and how it relates to our flesh. Have a great week.